You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. All right, so 2019, anyone ready to join a shallow small group, right? It's good news. Uh, so it's 2019, and it's a time for us to, to look at new things, as Elliot had shared, and, and people are, you know, you, this is when you decide, I'm going to read through the Bible, and then February hits, and Leviticus gets there, and you're like, oh, I'm done. And, um, and so you're working through, and, or deciding to lose weight, and, and part of that is we're just looking at what it looks like to, to live as a Christian, what it looks like to do this thing called life and to do it as God wants us. And so this year, 2019, we're going to be going through the book of Acts. We're going to start that in a couple weeks. I'm super excited about that. we got some neat stuff coming up. And, and in the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at community. And as I share about that, you know, at first you're like, oh, community, you know, I understand that, but I think we're going to be able to see what God has in store for community, and what that looks like is not the shallow small group, but something very different. Sarah and I, uh, for those of you that know us, know we started dating in high school, and we're both competitive. Um, if you see us on playing Mario Kart, we'll be up for hours just like trying to beat each other, and uh, one of those parts of competitiveness came out in our grades, and uh, we went to do different high schools, and she, we were trying to see who would get a better GPA overall, you know, a bunch of nerds, right? And so we were trying to get a good GPA, and um, she is taking classes like Chinese and AP English and doing all this hard stuff, and uh, I needed to boost my GPA, so I took individual sports, all right, just, just to beat her. This class was awesome. I loved individual sports because, all right, it was a 90-minute block, this class. Every week, we would go once a week to the bowling alley, and we would go bowling. Is that not an awesome high school class? Like, when else do you get to eat nachos during school? And it counts as part of your grades. And another day of the week, we would go golfing. We would walk to the nearby golf course, and we would hit golf balls on the driving range. So two of the five days, we'd go on field trips, and then the other three, we'd play, like, badminton and tennis and ping pong and whatever. I don't know. Um, Maybe run a little. And this was a class. And so I loved individual sports. Uh, So much so in that competition thing, I took it three times, and I did beat her on the GPA. But um, so it it helps when you take individual sports three times. Um, But I loved this class. Like, as I look back, that was my favorite class in high school. But it's interesting when I look back at, I'm a guy that loves sports. I love playing them. I love watching them. And as I look back at my favorite moments in sports, always have come as part of a team. They've always been part, whether it was when we were just a makeshift team, I was a youth pastor for a long time, and we would host Super Bowl parties, and every year at the halftime, we would go and have a big uh, big football game, and and there'd be 40, 50 people playing in this one football game, but it was so much fun, and we'd cheer and be excited, and and no matter whether it was rain or snow, we would play this game, and we were looking forward to this great Super Bowl game, and it was just an awesome time as I look back. Or as I think about even playing on the church softball team and, and the fun that we've had with that. And we, our team hasn't been all that good the past couple years. And they, now they were three years ago before I joined the team. And in the past two years, it's not been good. I'm sensing a connection there. But, um, but it's fun. Like, even if the game ends early because of mercy rule, at least we all get to go home early. And we're, we're a team. And it's been a lot of fun just to sit in the dugout and, and watch the other team run and run and run and be like, wow, we can count together. This is awesome. And, and it's, it's just fun to do things as a team. All my greatest sports memories 
are times that I've been part of a team. I don't have a great championship football story. I don't have a great championship story of any kind. I was often on losing teams or just teams that barely made it. And yet I still loved those moments. And our walk with Christ is very similar. That there's an individual part, an individual component, and I don't want to play that down at all. But there's also a corporate, a community component of our walk with Christ. And so the individual part, we look at uh, that God had died for our sins. And this is very much true, that he would die for each one of us. That he, Jesus would have died on the cross for your individual sins. And it's easy to say that, that he died for my sins and for yours. And I'm very grateful for him for that. And so as we look at uh, this individual component of our walk with Christ, that's part of uh, a phrase that you might have heard here at Discovery. We have two main phrases. One is discover Jesus and your place in his story. And that looks like, that looks at that individual journey you have with Christ. It's to discover Jesus. My hope is that as people come to this church and, and are part of small groups or Bible studies or, or this or that, that they would discover Jesus, that if they didn't know him already, they would just develop a faith and be baptized and, and live a life for him and discover what is your role in his story. We're here for a lot more than just to bring ourselves glory, but to bring God glory. And so that's the focus of this phrase that we have is to discover Jesus in your place in his story is looking at our individual walk with Christ. But there's also a, another side there's another phrase that if you look as you're walking up to, to the building, you'll see on the windows, there's a phrase that says, know and be known, love and be loved. And this is the corporate, this is the community side of our goal, is that we would be able to know together Christ, but that others would know you, that you would be known, that you wouldn't just be uh, uh, someone that comes and fills a seat and leaves, but that people would care for you, that you would learn to love Christ and love serving and love these things, but also in love worship, but also that others would love on you. And so that is our hope, that there would be a community, because this is how God had it set up. There, as we look through the Bible, there's many verses, there's many illustrations, there's many points that we can see. God intended for us to go through life as community. That even the most popular phrase, right? Uh, the most popular verse everyone memorized when they were kids, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This isn't for God so loved me. For God so loved the world. That verse that we have all ingrained in us is a corporate verse that he loved the world, that he died not just for your sins, and that is true, but he died for the sins of everyone. He died for the sins of the people sitting next to you. Turn to the two people next to you and say, Jesus died for your sins. Yeah, all right. If you know them well, don't list those sins, all right? That's going to be more awkward, people listening in. What did that guy do? All right. Jesus died for that? Yes, he did, all right? Um, so he died for, for your sins and for the sins of the people on either side of you. He died and he came for the world, all right? And so from that verse that we all know, we can see there's this corporate idea. But the whole story of God's journey with mankind is a corporate journey, if you go back and you get to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 14, we see when Moses is leading the nation of Israel, it says, 14 verse 2, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. 
You are a people. You are God's chosen people. We are God's chosen people. That wasn't just an individual, but it's a corporate group. That if you go back further in time, you get to Abraham, the father of this nation of Israel. And even the promise to Abraham was not an individual promise, but a promise of community. A promise of a, of a corporate blessing. In Genesis 22, 17 and 18, God says to Abraham, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. That promise wasn't just for Abraham, but for a community. If we continue to roll this back and, and go back in time, you get to the beginning of time, right? When God's created the heavens and the earth, and he gets to, he's created plants and animals, and now he gets to man, mankind. In Genesis chapter 2, beginning of the Bible, we have this verse. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. It wasn't good to be isolated. God created a community for Adam. To be by himself was not enough. He created another. And now, 7.3 billion people later, we're in this community and there's people all around. And this is how God intended, because we are intended and created in his image. There's a verse, uh, Genesis 1:26 says, Let us make man in our image. Even God is community. The Trinity, the, this age-old doctrine, the Trinity the, that's somehow mysterious and, and, and is a mystery to us, but is also explained throughout the Bible is this idea of God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God in the form of the Holy Spirit. And it's this three in one. God is in community. Before time, before the earth, before anything, God was in community. And then it says, let us create man in our image. So in the image of God, in the image of a community, we are created. And so I share all this to, to pay the groundwork that we're not intended for this Christian walk to be just by ourselves. We're not intended for this Christian walk to be one that we are trying to do by ourselves in a silo and in individuals. We're intended to do this together. To be in this one and each other. To encourage one another. To love each other. To hold accountable each other. To care for one another. So you have this trinity and you have the community. And the community is an example of God. The three in one. And so as we look at what does this look like, when I talk about community, this is when people often start to get uncomfortable. And you saw in that, that video, that it's a funny video, but it kind of hits home, right? That sometimes you're like, oh, I want to be part of a small group, all touchy-feely, and we're going to be sharing stuff, and everyone's going to be all up in my business. And, or you think of community like we're sitting around a fire, and we're banging on drums and pass around a talking stick, and, and that's to come. That'll be later. But when we think about community as these things, but really it's not. An example of what community looks like, we can see an example of what we hope in know and be known, love and be loved, is found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Can you imagine that? 
Just think about what that would be like. Sarah and I have been talking a lot the past couple years about what is church? What is this supposed to be? What does it look like? What is God intending for this? I don't think it's intending for us just to come and show up Sunday morning, sit in a chair, not talk to anyone, and leave. Because if that was the case, this would look a lot different. The Bible would look a lot different. It wouldn't be community-focused. It wouldn't be corporately-focused. What is the church supposed to look like? Imagine. Imagine what it would be like if you were with people and they were encouraging you. If they were spurring you on towards greater things, towards love and good deeds. What if we didn't give up on meeting, but we came together and we were encouraged by one another as we look forward to the return of Jesus Christ? The return of Jesus Christ is something exciting. The return of Jesus Christ is something, when it says that, that that's something for us to be excited about and for us to be bringing others to be part of because we want them to see Jesus is coming back. We want you up in heaven with us. That as, an, as a group, we would come together and spur one another on and encourage and love and good deeds. Imagine if that's what life was like. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be great if that was our... our body here, but also our body as Christians. That community is not just about discovery by any means. Our community, our corporate of God's family goes with the church down the street and, and the church around the corner and the church in another state and across the, the ocean and the underground church in another continent. This is a bigger picture than, than discovery. This is for us to come together as Christians and to live out this message, this message of one another's. Throughout the New Testament, there's a, a ton of one another's. If you did a Google search and verse one another, you would see this giant list of one another's on how we're to encourage one another, spur one another. I have some of the verses. Just imagine what this would be like. Romans 12:10, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. 2 Corinthians 13:11, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace. Galatians 5.13, do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Now obviously none of us, I, I don't think, could ever do these perfectly, but imagine if we strived for it. What would your world look like if the people around you were striving to love you, striving to show you honor? What if the people around you at your work or in this church or at your school or in your study group or in, in your small group were striving to agree with one another, to live in peace? What would it be like if you and your neighbors were striving to love one another and serve one another, to be kind and tenderhearted and forgiving one another in your homes? It's not something that any of us are going to do perfectly all the time, but imagine what it would be like if we were striving for that. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing if this was the community that we were living in? This is where we begin to be transformed in Christ. The walk with Jesus begins at accepting him as your Savior. It begins with putting your faith in him, getting baptized, and, and making that commitment, that public announcement, that this is where you're going. But from then on, in a place that many of us are in, is this continual work to be transformed in Christ. To be transformed to look like him. To be transformed and to act like Christ. 
And that's where this corporate thing kind of kicks in. All of us can drive on the road and not get angry when the roads are clear. But it's a lot different when people are cutting you off and slamming on the brakes, right? It's, I think I might have even heard an amen in there, right? It's a, a, a lot different when, when we are uh, faced with, with road rage and those things. A lot of us, it's a, you can get through a shopping experience when no one's in the lines, but when, when the lines are all backed up and you're in the very back and, and the person in front of you, you're in the 10 checkout item and they got like 40 things in their little buggy and, and you're like, oh, can't they count? And, and all that starts to seep in, right? When we're in with a group, we're a lot different. And that's where God has called us to be. To be in a group. That it's easy for us to do the right thing and to have a good spirit when we're by ourselves, but it's a lot different when we're with other people. And that's where I want to encourage you to be in a group and, and to work in community because that's where we are transformed into who Christ wants us to be. At our hardest times, we can be transformed to draw closer to him, to be more like him, to have others encourage us, to spur us on, to have others hold us accountable and help us be who God's called us to be. That's where the transformation really kicks in. When we're in community, that's also where we get to see Christ. Because Christ is in the believers. Christ is in you and for me. Christ is in us. Turn to the two people that you called a sinner earlier and, and tell them Christ is in you. See, isn't that much more encouraging? Better than leaving us with a long list of sins. But leave us with the fact that Christ is in you. Those sins have been washed clean, and Christ is in you. And when we're in a group, we are able to see that and experience Christ's love through other people. Some of you this morning are in a stage where you have an opportunity in a community to serve. And there's lots of opportunities. There's opportunities here at Discovery. There's opportunities in the children's ministry. Or I was even told this morning, we need more greeters. That if, if you're just willing to smile and shake a hand, we could use your help as a greeter. But some of us this morning just need to be served. Some of us are in a place that sometimes we just need to, to receive love. That I don't know what you're going through, but this is where community kicks in. Is that there's times that we can care for others, and there's times that we can be cared for. There's times that we can love, and there's times that we need to be loved. And so community allows us to do that. I read a quote this week that community is, uh, oftentimes we see community as a net underneath our tightrope. That when we're walking through life, that there's this safety net that if we need it, we can fall and the community will be there to hold us up, to keep us safe. But what I was reading, it said that actually the community is that tightrope. That we get through life by going with the community. That we get through life going through with your small group, with your serving group, with the group at work, by being with believers that can pray for you in hard times, that can encourage you when things are, are when struggles, that can rejoice with you at the great moments, that we can come together with other people, that the tightrope is our community. We have opportunities and community to be able to reach out and make a difference. 
As Elliot had shared, we did Sent to Serve, and, and if you're new here, I see some new faces this week. Anytime there's a, a fifth Sunday in a month, we have something called Sent to Serve, and, and we have service for about a song or two, and then we go out and serve in the community. And so we did this in December, and it was so neat that we had uh, foster parents cared for. We had 900 bags of cookies we passed out on Christmas Eve. We had people visit the elderly. We sorted things for Healing Hands and Haven of Rest, and the point of all that, not to mention a couple weeks before, we made 900 prison bags, uh, gift bags for the prisoners of Sullivan County as a community on Sunday morning, and we did this. And, and this is us having an opportunity to go and be God's hands and feet together, to serve together. And so when I talk about community, uh, I know it gets kind of weird, and, and you might be thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to be part of a community. I'm right there with you. I was a youth pastor for a long time, and when parents would come and talk to me and they'd say, hey, where, where should I get my kid plugged in? We had a great Wednesday night program. We had uh, a ton of kids come and loud music, and it was awesome. But the one thing I would tell them to come to, I'd say, if you only had one hour, don't come to Wednesday night. Come to Thursday night small group, because that's the time that your teenager would be able to get plugged in. That's the time that someone would be able to care and love on them, that they'd be able to share their, their feelings, that they'd be able to pray for other people. And it's the same thing. For small groups, I was able to tell all those parents that, but I never wanted to be in a small group myself. Like, I didn't want to have to open up and reveal, and I was always worried like I'd be all touchy-feely. But two and a half years ago, I got in a small group here at Discovery, and I've grown to love that time. I look forward to Wednesday nights just to sit, get to see my small group. I look forward, I've had those people in my home and eaten with us, and I've been in their homes and eaten. I've been able to laugh with them and share with them some crazy stories and hear their crazy stories. I've been able to, to cry with them, to laugh with them. Even this week, there's something came up in, in the life of Sarah and I, and, and Sarah's first comment was, we need to tell the small group about this for them to be praying, to know that someone's out there caring on us praying for us. And so I want to encourage you, as we start this new year, 2019, if you aren't already part of a community, to get plugged in. And I'm not just saying here at Discovery. Maybe your small group, maybe you need to start a small group at your place of work. Maybe a little Bible study or, or join one that's already going on. Maybe it's a study group at your college or uh, an opportunity to be able to join with a group of believers. Maybe it's here to join one of our small groups, go online. We have a whole list of them that happen throughout the week. Maybe it's a serving group to help out in, in a ministry here. But to find a place where we're not doing this as individual silos, but doing this together. We're going to close out this morning with a, a little illustration. And it might seem silly at first, but some of you were given a puzzle piece when you came in this morning. Or I brought it to you at your seat. We're going to have a contest. There are two puzzles. On the back of your puzzle piece is a one or a two. This puzzle is puzzle number one. Over here is puzzle number two. And in a moment, we're going to play some music, and we need everyone that has a puzzle piece to come forward and try to put your puzzle. We're going to see which team can go from the fastest. So this side of the room from about here over... You guys are cheering for our team one. Let me hear you. Cheer, cheers if you're cheering for them. Ready? Go. Yeah. All right. All right. Team two. Let me hear you. All right. 
All right, team two is going to win. I already feel it, all right? Uh, so we want you to cheer on your team. Uh, we're going to see how fast they can go, and there's a contest to see which team representing your side of the room is going to win. Are you guys ready? Is that clear? If you have a puzzle piece and you don't want to do this, quickly hand it to someone else and run to the bathroom, all right? And then, then they get stuck with it. So on the count of three, one, two, three, go. Here they come. All right. All right. First. Oh, first up. Team one. Oh, got a piece in the corner. I don't know how to. I'm not the world's best announcer of puzzle putting together. Oh. Justin's slow but sure. He's getting there. All right. Team one. Oh, they're working on it. Good job. Very encouraging. Can't quite get in there. I don't know. Oh. Team one! Team one did it! Good job, team one! Team one made it! Team two, do you have something to say? They're missing a piece. Oh, I'm sorry. Justin had it. No, I'm just kidding. They're missing a piece. Both teams are actually missing a piece. You guys can grab a seat. They're, uh, good job, team one. Well done. Team two won first hour. So we'll have the showdown of team one's second hour versus team two's first hour. Um, but both puzzles are missing a piece. I think we even have a picture. It's missing a piece. This jigsaw is not complete without that one piece. There's a quote I came across from that Max Lucado wrote. He said that questions can make hermits out of us, diving us into hiding, yet the cave has no answers. Christ distributes courage through community. He dissipates doubt through fellowship. He never deposits all knowledge in one person, but distributes pieces of the jigsaw puzzle to many. We've talked about community as an opportunity for, for you and what it serves, serves you and, and that people are praying for you and that you have an opportunity to, to be plugged in and, and the connections for us individually still. But I also want to share, you guys are that missing piece of the puzzle. If you're not already part of a community, if you're not part of a group of believers that you can share, that you can be, have accountability, that you can be intimate with, that you can share what's on your heart, then that puzzle is not complete. God's given you gifts and life stories. God's given you abilities that would allow you to complete a puzzle. And so the puzzle is lacking without you as part of that community. And so I want to close this by looking at the, the community and small groups, serving opportunities or things at your work or school isn't just for us, but maybe it's for others that you could complete the puzzle with what you have to bring, what God's placed in you. So as 2019 comes and we begin down this year, I want to encourage you, if you're already plugged in a group of some sort, continue that strong. Be that puzzle piece for your group. But if you're not already plugged in, find a way to be there because our puzzle is not complete without you. One of the things we do here as part of a community every week Sometimes it's awkward, but we hold hands and pray. And so we're going to, if everyone would stand up, and we're going to go in a time of worship, but we're going to begin that with a, a group prayer as a community. If you'll grab the hand of the person next to you and, and think about that, we're not just grabbing hands in this room, but, but hopefully in theory through this talk, we're grabbing hands with the church down the street, with the coworker that we don't know, with the church across the world, because we're all part of God's community of believers. And so if you'll pray with me. Lord, we thank you for that community. 
God, we thank you for that you were willing to die for each of us individually for our sins. But God, also that you were willing to die for this community. That you died for the people that we are holding hands with right now. That you took away their sins. You took away our sins. You took away my sins. And we thank you for that. God, I pray that this year we can each strive to be part of a, a group of believers. Because we are created in your image. And your image is a community. God, we lift this up in your name.